This is episode 143 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share with you that I created a free prenatal pelvic floor resource for you. It's a free ebook with three common misconceptions when it comes to preparing your pelvic floor for birth and includes three tips of what to do instead. If you're pregnant or know someone who is, this resource is key for preparing for birth. The tips I share are what I teach and have worked through with hundreds of prenatal physiotherapy clients and I use myself with both of my pregnancies. Also, a bonus is that two of these tips will also give you a head start on your postpartum recovery by understanding how to connect to your pelvic floor before you even give birth. You can go to the link in the show notes for this episode at tobirthandbeyond.com or to my website, holistichealthphysio.com, to download your free ebook today. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And today I'm very excited to have Hannah Ross join me, who is a friend, a former colleague, and an incredible public health physio. We're going to be talking all about vulvar varicosities in pregnancy, including what could help ease symptoms. Now, if you've never heard of vulvar varicosities and you're pregnant, you're planning to be pregnant, or you work with pregnant clients, you're going to want to listen in. So if you don't know Hannah already, I'll share a little bit and then she will share more about herself. So if you don't know Hannah already, she's a passionate women's health advocate. She is the clinic director and pelvic health physiotherapist at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness, which is a women's health and pelvic health physiotherapy clinic in Midtown Toronto. Her interest in women's health developed during her pregnancies with her four beautiful children, Rebecca, who's 11. Maya, who's nine, Isaac, who is six, and Molly, who is two. And Hannah provides prenatal and postpartum physiotherapy, as well as rehab for all forms of pelvic pain and dysfunction. She's a sought-after educator and teacher and regularly speaks about pelvic health, prenatal preparation, and loves to empower clients to take the lead in their health and lifestyle. Along with her team of highly skilled physiotherapists and allied health professionals, Hannah loves assisting her clients of all ages and stages with pelvic health issues such as diastasis recti, pelvic pain, incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, pregnancy preparation, pre and postnatal conditions, oncology rehab, as well as labor and delivery support. So basically, you do a lot of things to help a lot of people, um, and I'm so glad that we we met. We were just talking before we hit record years ago. We had worked together at a clinic in Toronto and then have stayed connected since. So 
Welcome, Hara, to the podcast. Oh my goodness, welcome. Thank you for having me. So is there anything you would like to share that I didn't, uh, didn't touch on in your, in your you bio? Pretty much went through my entire life. So <laughs> I think we're good. Um, I think the topic of vulvar varicosities is very near and dear to my heart because I've been pregnant so many times um, and have experienced them myself. So um, I, I guess if pelvic health is a topic that people don't usually talk about, although you guys do, uh, vulvar varicosities is like the, uh, the ugly stepsister of pelvic health. So let's talk about it, we'll normalize it and get people some help. Yeah, love it. So why don't we start with, if you want to share, Hannah, what are vulvar varicosities? Because they are something that both you and I um, have clients come in to the clinic who experience them, um, often in pregnancy, but also sometimes postpartum. Yeah, so uh, vulvar varicosities are essentially varicose veins within your genitalia. So within your, your vulva, sometimes they happen um, within the vagina itself. Um, Basically, your heart's a very large muscle. It pumps out blood to all of your, uh, your entire body, all your organs. And there's no one organ that returns the blood back to your heart. So the, our, our blood gets back to our heart by way of veins. And the veins course through every muscle in your body. And then one-way valves in them. So every time you contract a muscle, it sort of swishes the blood up through the vein. And then the, vein, the blood hangs out. Uh, you know, in that vein, on that one-way valve until the next muscle comes along and pumps it out. So it's just a muscular pump system to get blood from your toes back up to your heart. Um, within our body, every single muscle contributes, but um, the calf muscles and the pelvic floor muscles have a little bit more oomph to them. They're, they're considered sub-pump muscles, and they help to pump the blood a little bit better back up to our hearts. Um, and so varicose veins happen when there's either a, there's a failing within that system. So either the one-way valve that's supposed to keep the blood in place until the next muscle pumps it further back to the heart. Um, so that one-way valve either fails, so it's, it becomes leaky. So the blood starts to leak back down towards your toes, not up towards your heart. Or the veins themselves start to get stretched out so that um, they don't have the same amount of, of tension in them and then the blood starts to pool in that area. So um, varicose veins within the, within the uh, vagina, within the um, labia, within the vulva, they're just similar veins as we see in our, you know, in our legs um, or the rest of our body. They just happen to happen. They happen to occur within that area. Exactly. No, I think that's a really great, great way so people can kind of visualize how the blood is flowing. And, you know, I have people ask, you know, but why, like, why in pregnancy does this become an issue? And so it's due to, we have an increased blood volume in pregnancy. That is just kind of part of being pregnant. Yes. Um, and then also with that, there is a decrease in how quickly that blood will flow back towards your heart from your lower body. So that's typically why in pregnancy, um, you may experience vulvar varicosities where you may not in other times in your life. Right. And varicose veins in general are more likely to occur during pregnancy because you're basically putting more demand on a system that's less capable of functioning quite as well. And then you add on top of that, there's the weight of the baby, of the actual uterus is creating downward pressure. 
plus there's the public floor has to do so much more. So if already there was, um, you know, if the public floor wasn't working optimally, maybe with less demand on it, we could still get by. But once you start demanding more from a system that's not quite working as well, that's when we start to see the weaknesses occur. Mm -hmm. And I know some people have asked, you know, how many people do actually get vulvar varicosities in pregnancy? And whenever I've researched this, um, there are variations in numbers because, you know, it's, about it. well, no one's talking about it and often not diagnosed because most often people are not having a pelvic exam necessarily in pregnancy yes. as pelvic physios, which we're going to talk about. That is what we do. So sometimes as pelvic physios, we're the ones that might be the first to notice that perhaps a client is coming in with some symptoms. And so we might be thinking, okay, it could be vulvar varicosities, it could mm -hmm. be some other things. And then upon examining the vulva and that area, um, we might come across that. And then so people are like, well, thank you for letting me know like that this isn't like, I'm not just thinking there's something going on yes. um, and then educating about it. So it's very much un, un, underdiagnosed. And so the numbers that I've come across is everywhere from like 9% up to like 18 to 22% was in another study. So it can just really vary, but basically we want you to know it can be underdiagnosed. So yes. as we go through symptoms and if some of these are familiar or kind of feel like they're happening to you and you're pregnant, you know, potentially, you know, asking your care provider to have a pelvic exam so that they can actually see if that might be what's going on. Um, and then seeing a pelvic health physio, if that is accessible to you. So yeah. And one thing I will add is that they also often get um, misdiagnosed as Bartholin's glands swelling. So there are glands at the base of your vulva um, called Bartholin's glands. And they, when, they, when they swell up or if they become, there's a cyst within them, sometimes it looks similar to what vulvar varicosities looks like. And we'll get into that. But not only is it underdiagnosed, but it's often misdiagnosed as well. That's a really good point. So why don't why don't you talk about what what do they look like? So that people people are probably curious, like, all right, so these veins around the vulva, what am I looking for if I think I may have them, or I'm just curious if I do have them? So they often look like essentially um, what varicose veins would look like in your life. So you'll notice blue squiggly lines, technical pelvic health terms here. <laughs> um, what a lot of clients will end up saying, there's, there, there's a change of color in the actual vulva itself. Often it's, it's in the vulva that's closer to the anus and the rectum. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily at the, at the part that's closest to your belly button, but it's often the part that's closest to your, to your bum. Um, and I've had clients say that they feel like they have a scrotum or they feel like they have a testicle. Like it gets like a swollen bulb um, that has squiggly lines on it, um, and the color looks different. Um, they don't always look like that, though. So sometimes you have it on one side only, and sometimes it just looks like swelling. It looks like your vulvar just getting a little bit bloated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's good to bring up, too, because within pregnancy, especially as you get closer towards birth, it is very natural for your vulva area to actually appear more swollen because yeah. there is more blood flow going there to prepare essentially your body for birth. So that's where it can get a little bit confusing because you may notice, oh my gosh, the whole area is swollen, but that might actually just be normal for pregnancy at that point. Whereas this is, can be a bit different 
But again, if you are not sure, your care provider would prefer you to go to them and ask um, than to kind of be sitting at home wondering, do I have varicosities or is this just swelling from pregnancy or what is going on? So we always encourage you, speak with your care provider if you do have any symptoms or you're just wondering what is going on. Um, so some other symptoms you might notice is often is this heaviness or this kind of dragging type feeling, which again could be a variety of things. It's not necessarily varicosities, but it could be. Um, so kind of my clients describe it as like a heaviness and achiness. It can come with standing on your feet a lot, and then it's relieved more if they get a chance to sit um, or lie down, lie on their side, um, whatever's more comfortable. Um, pain with intercourse or penetration. And what I often find too with clients with varicosities, it's not always pain on penetration or initially. It often seems to be later on, um, either within intercourse or penetration and afterwards. sexual activity. Yeah. It's the yeah. after kind of ache um, that lingers is what I've noticed to be yeah. a common trend. What do you find, Hannah? Well, I mean, if we think about the physiology of arousal, when you're drawing more blood flow to that area that is already not distributing the blood flow well, um, after somebody's aroused, that blood just lingers there. And that's why they get that achiness after um, any form of sexual activity. And it doesn't have to be penetration, but often, um, often they're, they're complaining about pain after penetration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, the, the, there's definitely that like heaviness and fullness feeling, um, almost like they want, you know, our clients just want to walk around holding their crotch all day just to create that support. And that's why a lot of the products that we'll talk about are on the market because a little bit of compression actually goes a long way for a lot of these, uh, a lot of our clients. Um, the, the other thing is there's a lot of itchiness. So um, a, lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people will complain about itchiness because of that, you know, it, it's almost like a raw skin. Because it's swollen, um, it's just like any other swollen skin in our, in our body. When, when, when you're stretching out the skin, just like during pregnancy, when your belly gets really itchy, this area can get really itchy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there, as you can tell, there can be a variety of symptoms and it's good that you brought up that in terms of, yeah, it's not necessarily just penetration because also something called vulvodynia, which is more pain around the vulva, um, which for some can be where the varicosity is, but for others, it could be more general. It could actually be in another spot. Um, So there's definitely kind of a variation in symptoms that people might experience. And then what seems to be common is what can help is yeah not having so much pressure on that area which can happen with standing and walking a lot um so let's talk about before we get to actually what can help are you comfortable sharing a bit about your own experience hana you brought that up earlier in the episode about having uh, vulvar varicosities with your pregnancies sure so I've, i've had four pregnancies um, I actually discovered my vulvar varicosity, I think like maybe three minutes after I peed on a stick with my second pregnancy. It's a slight exaggeration, but it, it was actually one of the first symptoms that I experienced. Um, and I was, I thought that there was something physically wrong with me. Um, I discovered almost like a walnut size swelling, um, in my right sided labia. And I went to the doctor and was told, uh, I was given actually antibiotics because they thought that there was uh, there was an actual um, inflammatory 
condition and it just wasn't getting better. And it wasn't until I continued to do the research where I found out what it was um, and then proceeded to manage all those pieces myself. However, in between, um, I, I, my um, vulvar varicosities, they actually last in between pregnancies, which is actually pretty uncommon. Um, most people will go away after the pregnancy. Once, once you're not, once you're not um, putting as much stress on the system, then you don't notice it. Sometimes women feel it around uh, their periods as well, when there is a little bit more blood flow in the area. Uh, but most commonly, we see this go away in between pregnancies. Um, but I have, I've done a lot of research on this. Um, I've had a couple of procedures done. Um, one was to uh, injections into my thigh veins to try to minimize the blood flow uh, to the vulva. And I'm actually in the process of looking into some other stuff right now. Um, but all the management tools, all the work that we're going to talk about is stuff that I do on the regular. Mm -hmm. No, thank you for sharing that. I know people appreciate, I'm sure your clients appreciate, you know, hearing your experience going through that as well. And so, yeah, we're going to go through a number of things that may help your symptoms. Um, but again, we always tell you, check with your care provider. And we'll talk about with seeing a pelvic physio, kind of how, how we can help as well. So I would find one of the most common things I find people do who are experiencing varicosities is using ice in a form, in any form. Um, typically, if you think of like a bag of peas or something that you have in the freezer, you want to make sure you're not putting it on directly on your skin you can put it over top so if you're wearing um, leggings you could put it over top of that um, the ice seems to give some re relief um, but we always talk about you don't want to be leaving something that cold on long term or continually yeah. having that so you know having it on for a short period of time like whether 10-15 minutes and then taking it off giving your body that time to go back to room temperature before you actually would place it back on yeah. Um, I, I usually give like, mm -hmm. I'm like 15 minutes per hour yeah. is sort of what I, what I say. And mm -hmm. the reason why ice is actually so effective is because ice actually um, affects your blood flow. That's, that's how it, how it helps when you're, when you have swelling, right? So it actually creates, it, it makes the actual veins smaller. It creates congestion. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that can be helpful too is, as I talked about before, like being off your feet. And so you may just think of sitting, which for a lot of people, that can be helpful. Um, but having a way to be in more of a, a lying position, one that I know particularly both Hannah and I are a fan of. Now, if you are pregnant, you do want to make sure you want to check if it feels okay to be on your back and how yeah. long it feels okay to be on your back. So again, you can check with your care provider about that, seeing how you feel. You don't want to be lying on your back if you're having symptoms like heart palpitations or feeling dizzy. It is not worth it doing that. There's lots yeah. of other things you can do. Um, but one I love, it's called calves on a stool. So essentially you're on your back um, and then your hips and knees are about a 90 degree angle and you're resting your calves on your couch um, on an ottoman. If you happen to have a ball at home, like a birth ball, exercise ball, you could rest on there. Um, really anything that 90 degrees usually feels really nice. It takes pressure off the pelvic floor and the vulva area. 
You can even add a little pillow under your hips to elevate a little bit more, which can feel comfortable, feel good. Um, but again, you could see if that actually feels good for you um, being on your back. But that's one of the one of the positions I find helpful yeah. in pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you hang out with ice on your like over you in that position? You can double it up. Like, yeah. yeah. Bang mm -hmm. for your buck there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because you may have been told to, like some people, I find when I talk about calves on a stool with clients, everyone's like, I've never heard of this. Only people get told about legs up the wall, the which, wall. which yes, can be good. However, in pregnancy, it can be super awkward. Um, it's hard to get your legs into that position. position. Yeah. Um, so this is a great option that can be quite relaxing and still does everything with your legs elevated. I love it. Yes. And that just, it actually passively drains the blood from that area. So if your body, if you're, if you're, veins and your muscles aren't doing a, a well a good enough job to pump it away we're just going to allow gravity to do it um, mm -hmm. on its own exactly and with the ball so as mentioned you can put your legs on the ball what i find so many clients love um who are experiencing varicosities is um have a ball to sit on at home even if you don't this is like my favorite thing to recommend in pregnancy and early on you don't have to wait till you're about to give birth um is sitting on a ball often that can actually feel much yes. better on that area versus like a hard chair, even a really soft couch. Like the ball is just the right amount. Um, it It's kind of cushiony, but it's firm in the same way. Um, yeah. And most people find that comfortable. How about you, Hannah? Yeah, so uh, like, and that's sort of like the compression that we were talking about. Like if you're sitting on a ball, you're getting that upwards pressure onto the vulva. So it, it almost like holds everything up. And when you're feeling that heaviness, that pressure is actually very relieving. Um, there are compression garments that are available as well. Um, some of them are effective and some of them are not. The, the challenge I find with pregnancy is often um, vulvar varicosities as you, they some, sometimes get worse throughout pregnancy and actually sometimes in the third trimester go away for some women, which is incredibly interesting. Um, but um, a compression garment is, some, is something that like basically looks like underwear. Or, uh, or a jock strap, um, and it, you put it on and it creates tension right at your crotch. Um, the problem with this is, and for some people it's an issue, some people it's not, as your belly gets bigger, that compression garment sits lower and lower, which actually provides less and less compression. So something like sitting on the ball regularly mm -hmm. is, is almost equally as effective um, because you're not relying on being able to pull it up high on your, on your body to create that tension. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I know people have kind of tried different things. My favorite right now are the bloomers by Baobay maternity. This is not Everything an ad. They're not sponsored. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, everything from Baobay uh, maternity has been created by a physiotherapist in the U S Suzanne. Um, and you can just like the quality is just so good. And I love the bloomers because they offer the, they offer the compression that Hannah was talking about. So at the bottom, they look like very high underwear, mm -hmm. um, but like really nice quality. They look so good. Um, and they grow with you, right? So you could actually wear them throughout your whole pregnancy. Um, and then they also have a nice amount of compression for postpartum, not too much. It is not a corset. Um, but some people find postpartum having that 
bit of support around the pelvis um, and also around the abdomen helpful. So the bloomers you can wear in pregnancy and postpartum. So it's um, a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. I, you know, additionally, yeah. I should mention also that by lifting up the butt, so if you're using some kind of ab support or belly support, just by getting a little bit of that pressure off the pelvic floor, it often creates a little bit of relief for the varicose veins as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what about if someone needs to be on their feet or all day or walking, mm-hmm. what would you be recommending? Um, I would recommend support. I recommend full leg support and, uh, and I'd recommend um, some kind of underwear or, or pelvic support. Um, but really I would just say on your breaks, go, go take, go take, like pelvic floor breaks as well. It's, it, you know, nobody has to be on their feet for 12 hours a day without, without breaks. If you're going to get a break, this is one of the most important things in addition to eating that you should be doing is getting off your feet. Mm-hmm. And actually another position to mention that can be helpful. We talked about being on your back with your legs up. Mm-hmm. Um, another position I find clients love is kind of the opposite. So you're kneeling, letting your upper body rest over the ball or yes. over a chair. So depending on yeah, whether like with your work or what's going on, this might be more of an option versus lying on the floor if sitting doesn't give you a lot of relief, um, yes. is being able to kneel and let your upper body rest over something that, again, takes that pressure off and can often give some relief. 100%. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then what about as pelvic physios, what do we do, Hana, to help people? What do we do? Well, one of the primary reasons why, um, in addition to genetics, in addition to the fact that you are pregnant, so there's an increased load on the tissue, what, you know, very often the fact that we're not pumping the blood away from our pelvic floor is part of the, is a contributing factor to um, the swelling that's happening there. So actually getting those muscles working effectively, whether they're too weak and they're not able to pump effectively, or they're actually too tight. So when when muscles are in a contracted state, it actually impairs uh, blood flow to the area. So really learning how to relax those muscles is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, Another piece is that with this swelling, we often get a um, a lot of tissue tightness, connective tissue tightness. And so manually releasing, learning how to manually, manually release that connective tissue is very relieving. And it's often the connective tissue that's causing the pain. It's the tissue around um, those varicosities. It's not the varicosities themselves that necessarily cause the pain. Um, a huge piece of the puzzle is the fear around this. I think if you Google varicose veins uh, during pregnancy or vulvar varicosities, you get bombarded with um, fears around bleeding out when you're, you know, during pushing and all of these crazy things that can happen, which to my knowledge have never happened with any single client of mine, or, and I've never met anybody who's had this, nor have I met a doctor who's had a client or a patient who's had this. There's a lot of fear mongering around this condition and learning how to properly and effectively push how to release that tissue, just giving people back a sense of control around their body is, I think, the most important thing that we do. Um, there, there are also, there are some devices like the Epino, which is actually contraindicated um, 
you can't get it anymore in Canada, but um, a lot of the things that we do to prepare that you would do on your own are not as effective um, with vulvar varicosities. And so it's the role of your, of your pelvic physio to teach you how to do it on your own and to help you to find workarounds for those pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would agree. I think a common um, common concern people have when they come in already with the diagnosis or they find out is they're wondering about birth. Like, can I still have a vaginal birth? Like, what is going to happen? And I was just thinking, I had a, a client, um, I saw her yesterday for her first postpartum visit, and that was her concern going into her second birth. Um, she had vulvar varicosity. She was very concerned about what's going to happen during birth. And within that first session, I was able to educate her on what they are, um, that there really aren't risks when it comes to birth. She can still have the vaginal birth that she wants. She had a great birth um, and is feeling great and had felt great during pregnancy. We were really able to change her symptoms. So I think even just hearing that, how you talked about like the fear um, and kind of the misinformation that's out there can make such a difference just to ease. It can even help change your symptoms, just having that knowledge. Yeah. And I think that the, um, for me saying like, being like I had four babies, I have vulvar varicosities. Don't worry. It's okay. Um, just my own personal experience for me as a therapist has been very helpful when I'm working with my clients. Um, but even from a anatomical perspective, the veins within the vulva are not like massive veins. There's not going to be, even if like, I, I sort of take people through worst case scenario, which is what they see um, on Google. Um, even if there was like, you know, one of the veins were to burst, there'd be minimal bleeding. Like the worst case scenarios that they're reading about is not actually worst case scenario. And I've yet to see a worst case scenario. I, I, I just, I don't think it's the most likely scenario that um, people are posed with in the same way that they think it's going to be. So I know it's again, common to, and if you're listening, you may be wondering this is, you know, having vulvar varicosities, is that going to affect, you know, what exercise I can do, activities I can do in pregnancy? Is that going to limit me? And so the answer is no, that <laughs> the actual varicosities don't, you can still like, if you love to strength train or if you love doing yoga or Pilates or walking, like anything you want to do, it's more about, we want to look at, you know, when do symptoms come up? For example, let's say you love walking, um, but you notice you start to get symptomatic at a certain point. Like that's information we want to take in and be like, okay, how can we, um, have you be walking, but managing your symptoms at the same time. So that's more, especially as physios, that's what we do. Like we want to keep you active, doing what you love, um, whether it's pregnancy, postpartum, or any point in life. So to know that it's, it's not going to mean that you can't do what you want to do. It might mean that we need to just modify, change things, or find ways um, for you to be able to continue doing it while monitoring and um, managing your symptoms. Exactly. I, I always say it's yeah. not a matter of what you can do, it's how you can do it, right? We're going to figure out how we can get you doing those pieces exactly. and feel amazing while you're doing them. Mm-hmm. And so, Hannah, what advice would you give to someone who is pregnant with vulvar varicosities or, you know, wondering if they do have them? I would say you are beautiful. Um, I would say it's that you're going to have an amazing birth and an amazing pregnancy. Um, 
get help from someone who's knowledgeable um, so that you have the support that you need in order to feel amazing and have that terrific pregnancy and birth. Love it. So Hannah, how can people find you and your clinic, um, whether in person or online? Well, you can find us on Instagram at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness. We are on Facebook as well, Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness Toronto. Um, and if you uh, would like to connect with us directly, you can connect with us at our website, vitalphysiotherapy.com. Um, I'd love to hear about everyone's experiences with all the varicosities. I love answering questions and um, I hope that you found this helpful. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on. I know people, I've had questions about this, and we have not done an episode specifically on vulvar varicosities, and I knew you would be the perfect person to do this with. Um, so thank you so much for being on and sharing your knowledge, and that we got to hang out. Any excuse to hang out, but thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 